Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. We're going to finish up the Sermon on the Mount this uh, week. Um, Just kind of, it's an overview. I didn't really get very deep into the weeds, um, but... uh, uh, today we're, we're looking at chapter 7, and one of the things about doing this kind of overview, I mean, there really are so many different topics that, that, uh, that fall under this section that sometimes it's kind of hard to kind of put it all together under one um, main point uh, when we've got the whole chapter like this. Um, and, but as I've, I've looked at it, maybe not everything completely fits under this, but uh, uh, as a whole, I'm thinking the whole the big point of the chapter. Uh, Jesus warns his disciples that the that judgment, uh, that judging is prone to the danger of hypocrisy, and that not everyone who thinks they are a disciple are really his. Okay, let me say that again. Jesus warns his disciples that judging is prone to the danger of hypocrisy, and that not everyone who thinks they're a disciple really are. Okay. Um, first thing we want to get to is this idea of uh, that that Ron read from in Leviticus chapter nineteen, and something that is said there. He he thought he caught it right off the bat and thought that's that's strange. I thought we're not supposed to judge, but here's what it says here in um, in verse fifteen. Of Leviticus 19. You shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness you shall judge your neighbor. So Leviticus here, the, the Bible, God's inerrant word is saying, you shall judge your neighbor. But then we get to chapter 7 of Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, one of the most quoted words of our day, and it says, don't judge. So how do these two things fit together? And that's one of the first things we're going to take a look at. Uh, Let's go ahead and look at uh, our text here, beginning in verse 1, chapter 7 of Matthew. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment that you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, for the sake of... First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give to dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn and attack you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, you have spoken to us Lord, we don't have to grope around in the darkness looking for you, but you have revealed us, revealed to us yourself by your son and through your written word. 
Lord, speak to us by it. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see. Lord, give me strength and grace as I preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So what is this? I mean, is this a contradiction in the Bible? I don't think so. I believe that God's word is without error. It is, it is God's word. And, and the Bible even tells us it is impossible for God to lie. So there has to be some way to fit these together. And I, I think the clues of how we fit those together are even here within chapter 7 of Matthew. He begins, judge not that you be not judged. This is a warning. You know, all of us are prone to judge. In fact, it is impossible to live without judging. All of us do it every single day. Um, every single day, we're making a judgment. Who are we going to hang out with? Who, uh, what, what kind of people do we want as our friends? We, we are on, constantly making judgments. We are making moral judgments. One of the things we have to understand about this text is it is not a, an absolute prohibition against any kind of judging whatsoever. No, this is a, this is a, a statement where Jesus is, is warning us that it is extremely dangerous to judge, and he warns us of two of the problems with judging. The first problem we see is the, the, the problem of being harsh, and, and hypocritical in our judging. Well, actually, hard, overly harsh and, and hypocritical. First off, uh, he says, with the judgment that you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Okay? He's telling us here that when we, when we look at somebody else and judge them, we have to remember we're going to be held to the same standard. We're going to be held to the same standard. We don't want to be overly harsh when we look at someone else and think um, that, that uh, what they're doing is somehow uh, worse than, than us. The fact is we first have to look at ourselves, and that's what he goes into next. Uh, um, why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but do not take notice of the log that is in your own so he's saying, first, judge yourself. Look at yourself. Look into your own life. Don't be hypocritical. But then he goes on to say, um, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye. So first we judge ourselves. We, 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 we look at our own hearts. We look at our own and, and examine our own hearts for our own sins, and we confess those to the Lord. We, we ask God to take those things out of our, our lives. We realize that, that we are not without sin ourselves, and we don't put ourselves on a pedestal. Our prone, what we're prone to is when we judge someone, we are, we're prone to think, well, I'm better than them. We're prone to put ourselves up, and we get some kind of a delight and a glee out of, out of, uh, um, of looking at others and, and judging them in a kind of a condemn, condemnatory way. And that's what Jesus is condemning. Don't judge in a condemnatory way where we're thinking, well, that person is just beyond hope. 
And don't judge in a way that's hypocritical. But he does tell us here, first, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So he's telling us there, as a part of this same passage, when he tells us not to judge, he's saying, first, judge yourself. And then you can help. See, see one of the problems in our society and how we, we apply this, um, when is the most common time you hear this verse? When you confront someone about their sin. And what do they say? Well, don't judge me. You can't judge me. Only God can judge me. Well, that's a frightening thought. God sees everything. No, when we, when we confront someone about their sin, we're not doing it because we want to condemn them. We're doing it because we, we, are, we are warning them. In love, we're trying to speak the truth and say, listen, this path that you're on leads to destruction. This path that you want leads to death. Run away from that path and come to Jesus. There is forgiveness, there is grace, and whatever you have done, it can be forgiven. But so often, uh, this has now become, and no longer is John 3.16 the most quoted verse in our society today. Today, the most quoted verse in our society is, you shall not judge. And it leaves out all the rest. It just, for, it just says, don't judge. And it doesn't uh, consider the context here. The point is, don't judge hypocritically and don't judge overly harshly. Then he goes on and he says, do not give to dogs what is holy and do not throw out, throw your pearls before pigs lest they trample them underfoot and attack you. Now, what is this all about? I find this to be a, a difficult text. Uh, John Calvin in his commentary says that... that um, uh, the, the two passages really don't have anything to do with each other. The, 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 this uh, giving dogs what is holy and pearls before swine, that doesn't have anything to do at all with um, judging not. But as I, I've kind of meditated on it and thought about it, I, I actually think there is a connection. Um, I, I, we don't like to use those terms, dogs and swine, to to refer to people. But, you know, Jesus does so even whenever he, he has the Canaanite woman who comes up to him um, and uh, uh, he, he basically calls her a dog. Um, here, uh, I think what it's referring to is what is this pearl? What is this, uh, what is holy? I think that's what our judgments are. We're not to give, our, give to unbelievers to the, uh, our, our judgments. Now, what, what can support what I'm saying here? What can support? Paul says elsewhere, um, what have I to do with judging those on the outside? It's those on the inside. Those on the inside of the church. That's who we judge. That's who, who we hold accountable. Um, no, the, the lost people are going to be lost people. They're going to live like lost people until Jesus comes into their life and changes them. But within the church, we are to examine one another, first ourselves, but one another, so that we can push one another on towards holiness and we can keep one another accountable. 
And uh, you think of Matthew 18. Matthew 18, later on in this, in this book, um, it says, if your brothers offended you, first go to them and tell them what they've done. If they repent, you've gained a brother. If not, come again with others with you. Two or three. And if they still don't repent, bring it before the church. Well, that sounds pretty judgmental, doesn't it? And today, if someone is, is uh, in, um, involved in, in church discipline against them, their response will say, well, that church was just so judgmental. It's what Jesus was telling us to do. To, to judge those who are within the church, to hold one another accountable, and to, to, to be able to, to um, press one another on towards holiness. Now, that, that's, that's, that's a little bit tough, I think, for us to, to swallow. But look here ahead. We haven't gotten to this part of the passage yet, but in verse um, 15, it says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Well, how do you beware of false prophets unless you're judging you can't do it. You're just going to uncritically accept everything you see from some TV preacher. If you're not being aware of false prophets, you have to judge in order to be aware of false prophets. And then he goes on and says, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but diseased fruit tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by your, their fruits. You will recognize them. So here Jesus is telling us the basis on which how we judge people. It's by their fruits. We will know them. How we will know the false teachers. Now that, you may have to chew on that for a while. I don't know. It's, it's hard in our culture to accept that. Because our culture, the first thing, we wanna, the first thing we wanna say is, don't judge me. We don't want anybody looking into our lives. We don't want anybody telling us what to do. It's our natural nature to do that. And Jesus here the context clues itself within this chapter are saying there's a kind of judging that we do. And there's a kind of judging that we don't do. We don't do so hypocritically and we don't do so harshly. And writing somebody off and saying, no, they're not worth it. We don't do that kind of judging. Next. Now this one was kind of hard to fit within that, that topic. Like I said, this is a whole chapter, and this, this doesn't seem to fit along with uh, the idea of, of judging very well. Verse 7, um, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good, good things to those who ask him? Now from this, we see Jesus is encouraging us to come to God for all of our needs, to ask. So, so John, James says, you have not because you ask not. 
And here Jesus is, is telling us when we have needs. He's told us in the last chapter when we pray, give us this day our daily bread. We ask him for what we need. When we have needs, Jesus here is encouraging us. Come to him. Ask him. When we, we're to seek him. Um, he, he says, um, ask and it will be given him. Seek and you will find. You want to know more of Jesus. You want to know more of God. And look for Him. And where do we look for Him? We look for Him in the Scriptures. We seek Him where He is to be found. Knock and it will be opened to you. We ask God, what is the door that I should go through? And He'll make it clear what path we should follow. And then... He tells us, he he encourages us that God cares about us. If we human beings who are sinners care about our children, and when they ask us for something, we're not going to give something harmful to them. If he asks for a fish, we're not going to give him a snake. If if he asks for bread, we're not going to give him a stone. If we who are sinners are that, then how much more God desires to meet our needs, to take care of us. He longs for us to ask and He longs to be generous to us and to give those things to us. We'll move on to the next part. So whatever you wish that others would do, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. The golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um, you actually find this kind of a statement in many different religions. It's, it's uh, uh, not that um, I want to say there's, that, that those religions are true or anything, but the, uh, lots of different um, religions will say a statement like this. We treat others as we want to be treated. And Jesus here says, this is the law and the prophets. All of the laws that we have he says, are summed up in this. Treat others as you want to be treated. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And how is that that all of the law is summed up into that? Well, I think it's actually probably the second half of the Ten Commandments. When we think about you shall not murder. Well, I don't want somebody to murder me, so you don't do it to them. You shall not steal. I don't want someone to steal from me, so I don't steal from them. You shall not lie. I don't want somebody to lie to me. All of the law is summed up in that, at least the second part of the Ten Commandments. The first part of the Ten Commandments is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Um, All of the first part of the Ten Commandments fit under that. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make any graven images. Honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. All of those things uh, are the first table of the law is what they call it. Those have to do with between us and God. And the second table of the law have to do with us and other human beings. And here, we can keep the law by doing unto others as we would have them do unto us. He then comes into another warning to us. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. 
For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and there are few who find it. I think Jesus here is teaching that most of the people in all of human history are headed for hell. That's a hard teaching. The way is wide that leads to destruction. It is broad that leads to destruction. And the way is narrow and hard that leads to life. That doesn't mean that it's by our works, by trying to work and be a good person so that you can fit through that narrow gate. No. Jesus is the gate. We look to Him. We trust in Him. He is the way, as it says in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Me. That is this narrow gate. You can't come to God through Muhammad, through Mormonism, through Buddhism, any other religion. No. Jesus is the gate. We only come through Him alone. Narrow is that gate. And few who, are, who find it. We've already discussed verses 15 through 20 for just a little bit, but let's come back again. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. He says that again. We, we need to, there are so many times in the New Testament where, where Jesus warns us there's false teachers out there. There's false teachers out there. Uh, in in uh, I think it's in Acts chapter 20, uh, Paul meets with the Ephesian elders and, and he tells them in the last times uh, there will be false teachers that rise up among them. And in t- today, probably 80 to 90% of what we see on Christian radio or Christian television, you got to really be suspect of. Beware of false prophets who come to you as in sheep's clothing. They're fakes. They, they, they're dressed up as sheep. sheep. They, they look like the real thing. But inwardly, they're ravenous wolves. They're bringing destruction. He, he changes the analogy from one of a wolf dressed up like a sheep, like maybe what you saw in Looney Tunes when we were growing up. Looney Tunes, you have uh, Wiley Coyote would put on a sheepdog <laughs> outfit with a zipper and everything. <laughs> um, he, he changes analogies from that you will, uh, to uh, an analogy of plants. It says, grapes, are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? The answer is no. You can't get one from the other. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. The false teachers that he was talking about. Those who don't bear good fruit. They're not real. They're not real Christians. Jesus here is saying they're going to be cut down and thrown into the fire. They lead to destruction. They lead to death. They lead to hell. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. It's important to make moral judgments and also theological judgments 
when we hear teaching. Verse 21. Here it gets really close to home. It gets really close to home. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. This is frightening. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name or cast out demons in your name and many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That's frightening, isn't it? They were convinced they were Christians. They called Jesus Lord. They were persuaded by their own evidence as they looked at their life. But what was their evidence? I cast out demons. I did miracles. I prophesied. All these things. They're pointing at me, 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 me. Look at what I've done. They're looking at their works. (laughs) They're looking at their works. Those people who will stand before Jesus one day and He'll say, I never knew you, are those people who are saying, look at what I've done to earn my way in. And, and we can think of our examples today. I was a preacher. I was a pastor. Look at how much money I gave at church. And all those things don't amount to anything. What matters is, do you know Jesus? Do you know Him? And the way we know Him is to trust in Him. To trust that Jesus died for us. He took our sin on Himself on the cross. That's how we know Him. We trust that what He did on the cross... And we, we don't look at our works. When, when we stand before God one day on that final judgment and He asks us, why should I let you in? He's, we're not going to get anywhere by telling Him, well, look at what I've done. <laughs> That's absurd. Our only plea before the judgment seat of Christ is going to be the blood of Jesus. He paid my debt. I'm guilty. But Jesus washed me clean. It's scary to think you can be convinced that you're a Christian. Many people are just because of what they've done. And they look so real. Look at these examples. These are not some run-of-the-mill things. These are miracles. You know, Satan comes as an angel of light. You've got people who claim to do miracles in Jesus' name. People who claim to cast out demons in Jesus' name. But they weren't even real. Jesus says, I never knew you. Intense spiritual feeling is no proof that we're really saved. Are you looking to Jesus as your only hope? Not an experience. Not your works. Are you looking to Him for your only hope? 
then finally, Jesus says, everyone who then hears my these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house upon the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand and the rain fell and the floods came And the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Jesus presents to us two ways. Wise or foolish. And what does He say is it that distinguishes between the wise and the foolish? That thing that distinguishes is everyone who listens to these words of Mine and does them will be like a wise man. You want to build your house on the rock? Listen to Jesus' words and do them. That doesn't just mean try to keep the law. Because Jesus said a whole lot more than try to keep the law. In fact, what He does is He shows us when He he talks about the law is you can't... (laughs) You think you've kept the law because you have never committed adultery? Have you ever lusted at a woman? You think you've kept the law because you've never killed anybody? Have you ever hated somebody? Have you ever called them a fool? You think you've kept the law because you've never stolen anything? Have you coveted? Jesus demonstrates in the first part of the Sermon on the Mount, we can't keep the law perfectly. But what He tells us here is we've got to know Him. We've got to trust in Him. We've got to look to Him as our only hope. Not in us. That is the rock that we can build our house on. Not on ourselves. Not on our works. Not on our accomplishments. Not on any good deeds we could ever do. Our only hope, the rock on which we can build our house, is the blood of Christ. And the chapter closes with, and Jesus finished these sayings. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. Jesus taught like nobody else. We've been looking at this Sermon on the Mount from chapter 5 to chapter 7. The scribes, whenever they would teach, they would always say, Well, Rabbi so and so says this. And Rabbi so-and-so says this. But they didn't claim any authority on them of themselves. Jesus had the audacity against what other teachers would do to say, you've heard that it was said, but I say to you. He didn't teach on somebody else's authority. He taught on his own. See, I can't do that. <laughs> I can say, this is what Jesus says. This is what Jesus said. I lift up His Word. You can argue with me. You can say, well, I don't think you got that quite right, Jared. That's okay. We can talk about that. Jesus had authority. When He said these words, He means them. 
So a couple of things we see here. We'll go back to the big idea. It's really easy to be fake. We don't want to be fakes. We don't want to be hypocrites. You go through this life and you've got to make judgments about things. It's impossible. Everybody judges every single day. We don't want to be hypocrites about it. We first judge ourselves. And when we judge ourselves first, we realize I'm such a sinner. I can't hold them to a higher standard than I hold myself. When we look at ourselves first, we can deal with others in compassion and not condemning. And the other thing is there are fakes all out there. We don't want to be fakes, but there are fakes out there. And we need to be careful not to be a fake and not to listen to fakes. Jesus gives us a warning in this passage. He also gives us an encouragement. You're facing needs. Now this was a, a small part of the text we're looking at today and I didn't spend a whole lot of time on that. You have many needs. Jesus says, pray for those. Ask God and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. He gives us a promise along with this warning. You feel empty? Jesus will satisfy our greatest hunger and our greatest thirst. Look to Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.